0: And M. make sure you do great couple uh, Tyler was in one of my very first connect groups in one my, back in the day in youth and uh, can we welcome uh, Danny Kay, Dan Cruz once again as well uh, amazing amazing uh, love that guy love that guy Dan, I'll give you, I'll give you a cool story when I was 15 barely in church uh, Dan used to he used to live in Monaville uh, and I used to live in Manly still do and uh, he used to drive me home from youth every Friday night uh, in the early days and uh, it's awesome. Set me up good. So it's awesome. and um, So I appreciate that. Um, it's awesome. But uh, hey, I'm so excited uh, for uh, next Friday night, our dinner, the Vision Builders dinner uh, at the ICC, uh, which is where we hold presents, if, if you're not sure. And uh, in the ballroom there, it's about a thousand people sit down dinner. That's pretty, it's, it's, it's a spectacle, it's amazing. And it's a great celebration of everything we do as a church. Uh, but it's also a great moment to not just celebrate what we've done, but keep looking to the future as well. And uh, and so if you, I know many of you have already RSVP'd for that. Or uh, uh, if you haven't though, uh, Emily here is going to come around after and, and try and uh, collect as, any names. If we, if we haven't got your RSVP yet, then uh, make sure you see Emily if she doesn't uh, see you. And uh, we'd love to have as many of our Roselle crew on our tables there as possible to celebrate together together, uh, which is awesome. But hey, we are going to go into uh, our series this morning, uh, Above and Beyond, uh, which is an amazing series talking about all the things that God does uh, in the house and the, and the plans He's got for the house. Who knows that no matter what we imagine for the house of God, no matter what we think and dream, that God, uh, God has even more than that. He goes above and beyond everything we think, dream, or imagine in Christ. And that's the beauty of God. No matter what, how crazy you think the plans are that God has got for us, he's, they're actually more. It's greater, it's greater, it's greater. And so constantly our, our thinking and our dreams are stretched to go, oh, God, actually, you're pulling us into a new day. You're pulling us into more because God wants us because every every day step we take is another life that gets reached, another life that gets transformed. Uh, and it's amazing. So I'm going to thank the band. You guys can grab, jump down, give them another hand. <laughs> Kevin looking so suave up there as well. It's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, hey, I want to, uh, we're going to go through uh, just a few little uh, updates. And so the last couple of weeks, if you've uh, been here, we've gone through the different parts of, of our vision builders and what that looks like. Uh, and so the first, uh, I want to look at just again, just so you were really clear that the heart of our house is transformed lives. Transformed lives, nice and clear, that's what we're about. Every single life getting transformed from one degree of of, of victory to another. That every person is on a journey. Can I tell you, God is not looking for our perfection. He's looking for our progression. He wants it just one step at a time. He's not looking for you to be perfect. He's just looking for you to just take steps towards uh, and closer and closer to the plans and the purposes that he's got for us. Closer into his grace and and closer into his love. And uh, and that's amazing. And so the three ways we do that as we've looked through are to reach all people, to build the church and care for the community. And so the last two weeks we've looked at reach and build. Today we're going to look at how we care for the community, and uh, and so if we can go to the uh, the next slide, uh, we care for the people in our community and overseas. And just so you know, in the last year, uh, we've spent three hundred and fifty thousand dollars on this area of our of our church across our locations in caring for the people. That that represents right there literally thousands of people fed thousands of people clothed, thousands of people put in into care and in, into family. And isn't that an amazing thing And uh, that, that we get to give glory to God for? Uh, if We're gonna look at a few little things here. Uh, in Sydney, for C3 Cares, uh, this year we've, we've uh, got C3 Cares centers in our city. Uh, we've had many uh, community outreach dinners. Uh, and we've also launched a care center, and op shop at Maryland's, if you didn't know that, which is awesome, our first uh, cares op shop. Uh, what we're looking to do uh, in the next year has launched two mobile food and clothing trailers can you see that picture on the right up there that is that they have arrived they're ready to roll and uh, we actually tried to get it here this sunday morning but i think it's at another location and uh me and liz are meeting this week to talk about how we can implement that in our area uh which is amazing and so uh some trailers to take around our community and uh and then uh continue to do our care centers op shops and outreach meals isn't it amazing uh, that we get to be a part of this Uh, if we can look at the next slide Uh, Some more things we do in Sydney, chaplaincy. We have many, we have a great chaplaincy team in prisons and schools and hospitals uh, around around our city. Uh, Scripture teaching continuing to happen in both primary and high schools. Uh, Business Life Australia, helping business guys uh, get out of debt and into a place of of, of where their business is prospering and they feel covered and supported. And obviously, our Love Sydney donations we do every year uh, at, at the end of Presence Conference is amazing. What we will continue to do is train and release chaplains Uh, and scripture teachers and support charities making a difference in our city. Uh, And then overseas, finally, uh, we have entrepreneur training for East Africa leaders. Uh, This is amazing, where we're taking people, uh, part of our uh, communities in in Africa, where we're actually training them in how to start their own businesses and become uh, producers and, and great leaders in their community, which is incredible. Child Action Lanka, which is an incredible thing in Sri Lanka, where we've seen literally thousands of homeless children take. Off the street, part of our part of our overseas uh, partnership, and then uh, yeah, come on, you yeah, give the Lord a hand for that. It's amazing. Um, partnerships with Compassion, Lighthouse, uh, which is support for uh, single parents and, and people in abusive relationships, and Humpty Dumpty working with uh, children's hospitals as well. And what we'll continue to do is, is continue to do all those things that we're and just continue the work that we've committed to this year as well, uh, which is amazing, isn't it? I think that's our last slide uh, for there. Beautiful. And, uh, and so really what we're talking about is the heart... Uh, not just uh, for people who are here in the house, but that as a house would be a city, what, what the Bible calls a city on a hill, a light on a hill, that, that, that we'd be a, a, a place that is known in the community. That's my heart. That's my prayer, that, that we would be that church. You know that ch- Have you heard about that church? I know Liz has heard about that church. You know, that, you know, that, that church that people just they hear about. Oh, you, you're from that church. Come on. I don't know. If you, I want to be a part of that church. You know that church, right? You know that church that does all that stuff? You're from that church, right? Yeah, that's the church we're a part of. It's amazing. and uh, My my heart cries that we would be, uh, can I I tell you a little secret? Uh, It might seem slightly blasphemous, but my prayer is not just a big church. I mean, that's awesome because big church means lots of people. Lots of people being transformed, their their lives being transformed. But can I tell you my real prayer is a redeemed community. You know, the byproduct of redeemed community is a big church because everyone's redeemed. They're in church. That's awesome. But the real prayer is not just, not just numbers in the seats. It is a redeemed community. It is people who have been radically touched by God. People who have been cared for by the people of God. Our prayer is a redeemed community. That this, the, the inner west, come on, knows the love of Christ, knows the care and the compassion of our Savior. That's our prayer. That's our cry. And, uh, and so I want to take you uh, to, a, to a scripture this morning, uh, which is a very interesting one. If you think, oh, great, Mitch is going to talk about care and compassion, you probably wouldn't think of this scripture particularly straight away, but um, let's go there anyway. In John chapter 20 and, uh, and verse 24, and uh, as we do that, let me, let me pray as we get into it this morning. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your house. We pray you'd open our hearts. And you'd speak to us this morning. We pray you do as you always do, things that only you can do, things that we give glory to you for, God. We thank you. You're taking our amazing church, Lord, into the future and uh, into a place of influence and care for our community. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. Amen. Awesome. And so if you're writing notes, I-, I love to always put a little title on my messages. i uh, are talking about care, but the title specifically this morning is, It's In Our Hands. It's in our hands. Everyone say, it's in our hands. It's in our hands. Uh, and uh, this amazing story in John 20, uh, Jesus uh, has been to the cross. He's been resurrected. And he started, uh, he started kind of meeting and uh, revealing himself uh, to individuals and to his disciples uh, post-resurrection. And it says this in, in John 20 and verse 24. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus. Um, Didymus, by the way, means twin. So I think Thomas was a twin. Anyway, uh, one of the 12 was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and I put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Anyone heard that kind of sentiment from people before? Come on, unless I see it firsthand, I'm not gonna believe. Uh, A week later, though, his disciples were again at the house, and Thomas was there with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. So Jesus is kind of walking through walls. It's awesome. Verse 27, then he said to Thomas, amazing, Jesus has, has just appeared to these disciples and straight away he knows because he, he, Jesus knew that Thomas wasn't there last time. When we're not there, Jesus no, Jesus, no, he doesn't notice because he wants to condemn us. He notices because he cares for us. He notices when we're not there. He notices when we're not present. And so then when he sees Thomas, he beelines him. and said, Thomas, he, 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 he meets us where we're at. And he, and he said, Thomas, put your finger here. That's a bit gross, right? I, put your finger in my side. See my hands. Reach out your hands and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Then Thomas said to him, my Lord my, and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Amazing, amazing interaction here, right? We've got two main characters. We've got Thomas. We've got Jesus. And in my mind, when I think about this, Thomas, what he represents really is a generation and, and, and a group that are, uh, that are they're in doubt, that are, that are struggling to have faith. And I, I don't know about you, but uh, there have been moments when faith can be a struggle. Right, and faith and, 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 and doubt can be a big issue. And, and, and I often think probably Thomas had been in a position where his, his trust had been broken in the past. In my, in my time pastoring, I've noticed most people who struggle to really uh, to, 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 to just go there and believe and have faith, often it's because in the past things we've put our trust in have let us down. And because of that, we're like, I'm not ready to go there again. I'm not ready to trust straight away. I'm not ready to, to dive straight in and dro- dive in the deep end. And, and we can struggle. And I know there's many people in our community who struggle to have faith. Because I, I haven't seen it. I don't know. I've been let down. My trust has been broken. Things in my life have, have let me down. And so I'm struggling to, I'm just struggling. Can I, but Jesus doesn't, doesn't have an issue with that at all. Because, because the other character is Christ. And if Thomas represents a generation that are filled with doubt and struggling to believe and on this journey of faith, then Jesus represents the re- yeah, and is the resurrected Christ and he represents the body of Christ, the church. And so how Jesus interacted with Thomas is how the church interactions, interacts with a generation that's struggling to have faith. And Jesus does this immediate thing where he's not intimidated by Thomas's doubt, he's not intimidated by Thomas's struggle to have faith. He's not intimidated by the things that he feels like he needs. And there are people in our community and they, they, they need things to believe, and that's okay. Jesus doesn't have an issue with that. He actually meets him where he's at. And as a church, we're called to meet people who are struggling to have faith. We're called to meet them where they're at. And it's interesting. What Jesus does, he, he understands what we need, and he's okay to give us that if it means we'll have faith. And he shows his hands, shows his scars. Interesting, a resurrected Christ still has the scars, glorified body, but still has the marks of crucifixion. Isn't that interesting? Mean, I just find that interesting. But I find that it's actually uh, the plan of God because he shows his hands, and he, and he shows that actually the proof of the cross, the evidence, of the work of Christ was still present. The evidence, and Jesus clearly shows him the evidence and the proof of what Jesus did for Thomas. And the Bible says that we're called to be the hands and the feet of Christ, which means that we we, we reach out, we care. We're the people who who extend not just words, but hands of care. And it's interesting that it was in that, the proof is in the hands I'm catching that, the proof that the mark of the cross, the mark of the work of Christ, the marks of the love of God are in, are in the hands and the feet of Christ. Jesus is quite happy to meet these people, quite happy to meet a generation that's struggling to believe, quite happy to meet a generation where their trust has been broken. He's quite happy to show him his hands and feet. And we're called to be the hands and feet of Christ. And as we step out in that call to be people who care and have compassion and love our community, that is, it's, it's evidence that points to the cross. Come on, it's evidence that points to Jesus' love for us. Our care, our compassion, our care is the confirmation of what Jesus did on the cross. As the hands and feet of Christ. I think that's amazing. Jesus invited Thomas to put his hand to his side and tangibly connect with what Jesus did on the cross. And that's what we do, is that our care helps people see. Our our care helps people get over the line. Our care helps people take them from from 10 steps away to 9 steps away. That's what our care does. That's what our love does. That's what our compassion does. It, It takes people step by step along the journey, like Thomas was taken along that journey. In our 1 Corinthians 6, 17, arguably my favorite scripture ever says this, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Isn't that awesome scripture? Whoever is you're one with Christ, you know what that means? That, that everything that Christ did, that, that we're one with that. And so right now, we are the living entity. In, in, John, in, in 1 John, it says that in this world, we are like him. That we are the representatives of Christ on the earth. And so in the way Jesus uh, walked and journeyed with Thomas as the church and as the people of God, we're called to embody that same example, that same pattern. We're called to be the living example and the breathing example of how Christ approaches the world. We are one with Him. This is our mandate. This is our call to be the body of Christ and extend our hands with marks of care. Amen. The story... um, uh, that's uh, that I, that I found recently uh, from World War II, about about a church, and I uh, had a statue out the front of this church of, of Jesus, and because of the war, this statue uh, was was kind of pulverized and destroyed and destructed, like many of the uh, buildings and infrastructure uh, of the time in Europe were were, were, were severely damaged. And as the war finished and as the church members uh, came and they, and they started rebuilding the church and, and, and looking at all the ruins and they set the statue back in place and they realized that parts of the statue, mainly that the body of, of this statue of Christ was still there, but the limb, like the, the hands had all been broken off. And instead of restoring this statue completely, they just changed the plaque underneath this statue to say, to say this, Christ has no hands but your hands. Christ has no arms, but your arms. We are the body of Christ. And if the body of Christ is going to move, it's going to move by our feet. If the body of Christ is going to hug, it's going to be by our arms. If the body of Christ is going to speak, it's going to be through our mouth. We are the body of Christ. Come on. Hence my title. It's in our hands. It's in our hands. It's up to us. And that shouldn't freak us out. Sometimes we hear that like, oh, responsibility, get away. But that's the call. That's the call. And it should not never be out of our obligation. Never because, oh, I feel like I have to. Like, like we talked about two weeks ago, it's his love that compels us. And it's like, I can't not. It's, it's this thing I have to do. It's like, oh, God, I, I, because I've been, I've been touched, so I need to. Reach out and share what I've received freely as we've received. Come and we freely give. I believe that C3 Roselle is a house of refuge and restoration, and it's a place of healing for people who are in need of it. I don't know if you believe that. That's what I believe. I believe it's a place, and I believe this is not a new thing. It's always been this. It's always been this. And I, wanna, I just want to reaffirm that C3 Roselle is a house of refuge for people. It's a house where people are restored and made whole. It's a place where people come in and find their healing, not just physically, but in their hearts, in their minds, and in their soul. Uh, when we first got asked to, uh, to, 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 to come to Roselle and be a part of the family here, uh, this, this scripture came to my mind from day one. And it's in Isaiah 60 in verse 17, it says this. Instead of bronze, I'll bring you gold and silver in place of iron. Instead of wood, I'll bring you bronze and an iron in place of stones. I'll make peace your governor and well-being your ruler. And what, what the Scripture is really saying is that, that God, God is a, a transactional God. Whatever we've got, He wants to, he wants to replace that with something greater. God, actually, when we come in with whatever we've got, whatever, because there's a bit of a spectrum here, isn't there? It's like different parts. And whatever you've got, God wants to take that and, may, and restore it to something greater. He wants to redeem it to something even more. He wants to take us on a journey where we're restored and made whole and taken, uh, taken on a journey of, of more into His image and more into His grace. Amen? It's a place where people know they can come and find healing. And we're in a, uh, our prayer meeting uh, on Thursday night, we run there every Thursday night. We have an amazing prayer meeting, hour of power, and, uh, and I, I love this time. We had a uh, great meeting uh, this Thursday, just gone. And uh, I just felt like, uh, you know, that there's gonna rumors are gonna spread like good rumors. I don't I, know, I don't know, I don't, I don't I know, there's bad rumors, but I think there's some good rumors. You know, like we're talking about that church, that's a, that's a good rumor. And I, I, I got a real sense that rumors of grace are going to spread. Rumors of healing. Come on, rumors of breakthrough. Rumors of of, of God's grace. Rumors of of forgiveness. Rumors of mercy. Rumors of miracles spreading in our community. People being drawn. Just, oh, you know, in Jesus' time, Jesus purposely told people not to share news of, of healing. He's like, don't tell anyone. It's not time yet for people to know. But people couldn't help it. It just news, the Bible says just news spread. I see that, news spreading. People just, families, oh, did you hear about, did you hear about, Ah, oh. It's just in, in cafes and in schools and universities and in corridors and workplaces. Come on, I don't know if you see, I see, new, I just, I see rumors of grace spreading in our community of what God is doing with us. And so I want to give you three quick things to consider. Number one, he's the God of creation. Why do I say that? Because because he's the God of creation, it means that every single person and thing in our community has immense value, has intrinsic value because God created it. Because God it was God's idea. It was God's formation. It was God's care that brought it into being. And we need to understand until we understand the, the beauty that God is the creator, we'll never understand something's value. Come on, who created something determines something's value, right? And so, because, because God created, we are all God's creation, fearfully and wonderfully made. And we've got to remind ourselves know that they're God's creation. That family, they're God's creation. That individual, they're God's creation. Come on, this community was God's idea. God brought this together. And because of that, there's immense value that we need to see the way God sees. In Genesis 2, 15, it says the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. God has charged us to care for his creation. It's a mandate from the very beginning to steward and take responsibility for God's creation. Second thing I want us to consider is that he's the God of compassion. He's God of creation, but he's also the God of compassion. And God's never been afraid of our brokenness. Never. Never. I know if you look through the scriptures, God has never been afraid of, afraid of someone's brokenness. He wades right into the middle of it. He, he just stands in the middle and he's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, this is where I belong, in the middle of your mess. And God belongs in the middle, smack bang, of whatever we're going through. And sometimes we try and keep God as quite like a clean, kind, kind of clean. We say, oh, you don't want to deal with it. He, want, he, he is quite happy to get his hands dirty. God is quite happy. God is not intimidated by our fears, by our brokenness, and he's certainly not intimidated by our city's brokenness. He's the God of compassion. And he set us a pattern for us to follow. The third thing I want us to consider is he's the God of our calling. He's a God of creation. He's a God of compassion, but he's the God of our calling. And part of caring, I believe, is calling people into a new day. I don't believe that to care for someone is just to pat them on the back and have a sympathy laugh or cry or something like that and say they're there. Actually, part of caring for someone is actually walking them into a new day. And God cares for us enough to not leave us where we are. God cares for us enough to take us on the journey. And restoration is not about comfort necessarily as it is about original purpose, as about calling, and, uh, you know, I did a bit, I studied history a bit in high school and talked about the, 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 uh, the, the restoration that goes on. And we've seen many things in our world uh, who have, that have been broken get restored. And, and it's not so much about just like protecting what's left as it is uh, making it everything that it was meant to be. And that's God's heart, that He would restore us and He would take us into a new day. And uh, in John 10, 10, it says this, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life, and not just life, but life, come on, to the full. Yeah. That's God's heart, right? That every single person that our house and this community touches brings people to life and life to the full. Right. And if I can grab the band back up, that would be awesome. I want to finish by uh, sharing a story of uh, I, any artists here, any painters? Yes, Braun. Don't be a, just Just own it. Own it. I love it. And uh, it's amazing. There's, uh, I've, I heard this story of, a, of an artist who uh, painted this beautiful, amazing piece of work, piece of art. And, uh, you know, it was, it was on display, had amazing value because of who created this, this art. But at one point, this, uh, he, this this house of this artist got ransacked and robbed, and this piece of art got stolen and taken away. And it got uh, obviously didn't receive the care and the, uh, you know, the 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 understanding, and didn't have the knowledge and the uh, f- f- to look after and, and keep this this painting where, in its rightful place, in its purpose to be on display and display the beauty and and the glory that it was painted for. And it, it ended up getting traded hands and to different shops and different collectors and the frame got broken and the painting was a bit tainted and, and dirtied and, and the colour was lost. And and eventually, a whole number of years later, this artist had been searching, trying to recover this painting, couldn't find it. Eventually, he came to this small town into a little kind of, shop where you like a collector's shop and just in the back corner with dust all over it with the frame broken, tattered, saw his painting. Saw his masterpiece, saw this work of art. And he immediately went to the shopkeeper and asked how much it was and no matter what the price was, it didn't matter. He wanted to he'd pay for it. He didn't come in saying oh, that's mine, give it back. He just he paid he just paid whatever needed to be paid to get that piece of art back. And he took the time to care for it, to clean it, the details, the colors, the framing, to restore it, not just to protect it, but to redeem it, put it back to its original place, its original purpose, back on the, the wall where the place that had been marked for it to hang I may know about you, but that's kind of what God has done with our lives. We were painted for a purpose. We were designed. The Bible calls us a work of art, a masterpiece, God's workmanship. Yeah, we were taken and robbed and stolen and dirtied and broken up and sold around and passed from hand to hand to hand. And then Jesus went on a journey to search and he found us collecting dust in the corner of a room, broken, tattered, dulled by life. And Jesus didn't chuck it out. He didn't steal it back. He, he, he paid a ransom for it. He paid the price, whatever it cost. But he didn't just then put it in his storage room. Oh, it's useless now. And then he cared for us, restored us with the purpose of putting us back where we belong, putting us back to display God's glory. And how hard as a church is to see that time and time and time and time and time and time again with people's lives. We're called to be the hands and feet of Christ. And as we do that, people see the love of Jesus. It's in our hands. It's in our hands. And as we finish this morning, I'd love to take a moment and pray. Why don't we just all close our eyes as we finish? Maybe you're here and you need to re-embrace or reconnect or maybe you feel a bit like that painting that's been lost and broken and needs restoring. God's not afraid of that brokenness. He comes and comes in close proximity and restores us. If you're here and you want to reconnect with Christ, I just would love you to slip your hand up right now and just say, Jesus, that's me. With no one looking around, just say, God, that's me. I want to pray a prayer for you to come and Fill me again with your love and your grace. Take me on that journey of knowing you more. Is anybody here? Every week we do this. Make sure that everyone has an opportunity to ask Christ into their lives. Beautiful. Why don't we stand to our feet? Let me pray for you this morning. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God, right now for this incredible community. God, we thank you for your hands. God, for your love on our lives. We thank you, Jesus. You've called us, Lord, to be a city on a hill, to be the salt and light of the earth. We thank you, God, you'd stir in us. You'd stir in us, Lord God. Lord, a deep conviction. Oh, Lord, you'd show us again. Lord God, you'd give us eyes to see again, this community. Lord, that we would lift up our eyes and see, and see this area and see our city. We thank you, Jesus. You're calling us to care. You're calling us to love and reach out. We thank you in advance for every life, every person that's being transformed, Lord, that's being shown your grace and that's being restored to their original purpose in Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand this morning? Why don't we thank God? We're gonna sing this song. Come on, we sing this together as we close. Sing this out. And not want you